Recorded in the darkest dungeons of the basement of Death Studio, Josh, Troy, and Ty present a show dedicated to bringing you, the listener, into the adventure right along with them. Pick up your sword or load your bolt gun, but don't forget your helmet, because it is time for some playin' and slayin'. from the glorious, expansive, and beautiful Basement of Death Studios in Fox River West, Waukesha, Wisconsin. This is episode 26 of Playing and Slaying. Welcome. Thank you for joining me, gentlemen. As always, to my right and left, because we sit at a table like a triangle. We do. It's the triangle of power. It is. It is. Every great thing starts with a triangle. Really? Yeah. So on this episode, we'll be talking about the triangle of hobby goodness, Mm -hmm. playing, hobbying, purchasing, kickstarting. Triangle of three points. It's Mm -hmm. like a food pyramid, the hobby pyramid. Mm -hmm. We will also be sharing our letters to Santa. So we each have a special holiday request for the big man at the North Pole, the bearded wonder, the... uh, Man who brings Christmas magic to children and hobbyists everywhere. And then we will do a player to slate review in which we will slay Railroad Inc. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think you meant review. Review. Did I review. The shark? Review. Yeah, you review. review. Yes. We will review <laughs> Railroad Inc. by Helmar Hawk Good to and know Lorenzo Silva. Um, Simon, the Blazing Red Edition. I don't know what that means. We'll, um, we'll talk about I it. I thought the marker was black, not red, but I am colorblind. So we will play it or slay it. Railroad Inc., the um, city planning game of urban expansion from Simon. All right, boys. When you're playing and slaying, it is important to stay hydrated. Tonight's hydrated segment brought to you by Stanley. So what are we drinking, Josh? I'm drinking a Corona brought to you by Stanley. For all your Stanley needs, <laughs> visit Stanley.com. <laughs> they sell tape measures. I I think. They sure do. Yeah, I they sure do. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that's the right. <laughs> no, that's, that's, not, that's not where you want to go. Yeah. No, no, you Stanley. Intern at Intern.com. Yes, <laughs> the intern. Yeah, I'm also uh, drinking a Corona Extra because it's extra special and it's extra meaningful when it comes from an extra friend. Mm-hmm. It's good. Aren't they always extra, though? Probably. Okay. Corona's for family. That's true. Corona's for family. Happy holidays. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Troy, what is in your glass since Um, you decided to opt out of Stanley's luxurious sponsor? I will be drinking a Corona at some point in the episode. But, um, and we all had a little bit before this, Mm -hmm. um, is Black Walnut Belgian Imperial Stout from Ray's Grain Brewing Company right here. In, I think, are they Waukesha? Yeah, yep, I think it they sure say Waukesha. Yep. Um, really uh, small, whatever, craft brewery. 
in town here. They have some really good pizzas at that place. Yeah, too. cool yep. tasting room uh, with pizza, wonderful pizza. Yep, but really good beer um, that we found that I found, and uh, yeah, super dark, super tasty. Pours like motor oil. Yeah, motor oil. It's delicious. Ten percent. Not quite chewy. It's no, it's ten percent. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's um, but yeah, I, I discovered this last weekend, and I ended up buying another four pack and bringing some over here. So, thank you, Troy. So Ray's Green, I don't know. Yeah, I probably can't. It's hard to find if you're not in southeastern Wisconsin. But yeah, ask us for directions. We'll we'll because it's tough to find too. They're in like the uh, back of the Home Depot parking lot. (laughs) They sure are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So that is what we've been drinking and what we're drinking now. Let's talk about uh, what we've been playing though. Um, I was I was shocked by the amount of playing that Troy is doing. So I think we should let him start because it's like. Troy's playing this, Troy's playing that, Troy's playing this, Troy's playing that, Troy's playing this, Troy's playing that. Oh, there's one for Josh and Ty. Mm-hmm. So, Troy's, Troy, I'm, you're the player. I'm trying to, to bring the play this yeah, time, you, right? You sometimes, are. Sometimes you guys are bringing the play, sometimes I'm bringing the All right, so this time, the big thing that's been getting a lot of play uh, is Keyforge came out for real, uh, I think beginning, middle of November, something like that. Um, so Keyforge, unique deck, um, collective, not collectible, collectible deck game is probably the way to say it. Um, kind of magic-like, kind of, you're basically playing creatures, actions, trying to gather um, ether, I think it is. Ether, then you build these three keys. First one to build these three keys wins. Um, again, the unique part is the unique decks. Um and you ba- and I think the unique play style is you basically there's three factions in each deck, and then when you play, you can only you pick one of those factions, and those are the only cards you can play for that turn. Okay. Um, and so sometimes you may have more or less. There's some combos, um, and even the cards you have out in play, unless they're that faction, you can't like activate them. That and you, you can switch out. per turn. And you switch per turn. Okay. Yeah. To that so. Um, we're getting a lot of people. We got a lot of people playing it at work. Again, it's an, it's interesting to see how much legs it has because um, it kind of everybody has kind of initial excitement about it. Um, I think it's fun. I have I bought four decks. I got two. Uh, Neil from work helped got some initial ones, and you played a couple. I'm like, well, now and because it's a unique deck, you're kind of like, well, and they're only like ten bucks a deck. Um, and so you're like, oh, I'll just grab one more and see what it looks like. And then, so, and I know there's a lot of people that have like a dozen decks. Now, the interesting part is you're probably going to, there's something to say you could just have two decks and then just sit down and like Josh and I, hey, here, play. Let's take these, mm-hmm. play it. I think competitively, people are going to like find a bunch of like, I kind of like this deck because they, certain decks are probably going to be a little bit stronger than other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a big, I, there's a lot of organized play stuff around it. So it'll be interesting to see how that kind of all shakes out. But I mean, I'd kind of recommend people give it a try. I mean, it's not a big anti in. And if you're don't like it, I'm sure you can sell your deck to somebody else because it's unique. So what does the deck run? 10 bucks. 10 yeah. bucks. Yeah. Easy. Easy. Yeah. And you don't, there's a starter box because there, again, the only thing <laughs> I, I kind of don't like about it is it does have like you do need like some tokens and things to keep track of certain things. So but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't buy the starter. I just like made my own for some of that stuff. I'm gonna plug one of my favorite little companies in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Team Covenant released their KeyForge token set. You can also do ordering from them. 
um, pretty cool. They they usually get big into fantasy flights, mm-hmm. living card games, mm-hmm. and other stuff. So they already had the the um, they're like the laser cut plastic tokens for KeyForge mm-hmm. out on their uh, their web store. Cool. Yeah, and you see a lot of third party because you kind of need something to represent. You don't kind of need something to represent the keys, and you just need something to count the ether. Um, to get so I I'll, be, some I'll be playing a deck that i just opened today it's a subpar host of a medium level gaming podcast uh <laughs> that's the name of the deck there probably is that yeah. there are some interesting <laughs> names that come along so <laughs> and there are some cool ones like the coolest one i see is like the blind wizard that was like the coolest like normal name most decks have just these random kind of nonsense na- sounding names. But. Yeah, like a mix of words that. Yeah. yeah, I've seen some that I'm like, why wouldn't you check the parameters yeah. of your? <laughs> well, yeah, and then there was some. I mean, there were some There's that some that were filthy that were a little yeah in innuendo. Like it depends. You have to like ah yeah, yeah it doesn't quite sound right. Um, but what's funny is like Fantasy Flight was literally paying people to give those decks back, which I don't know. People aren't gonna like take them out of circulation but i think what they did do is they can because each deck is unique they basically can take those decks and they basically make them ineligible to play in organized play so they they kind of say hey it's whatever and then they'll refund them hmm. um, so it's interesting like they have control over the whole basically set of of game stuff so they can kind of say hey this deck is too powerful banned you know it, it'll be interesting to see in organized play how they do st- certain things so it's interesting it's a great way to release a game without testing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's this everything's unique and random, so we couldn't possibly have play tested everything. Here you go, world. No, but you can. In the end, it's unique deck, but like the different factions, the six factions, they all have a set of the cards in each of those factions are a set deck, and it's just that your certain deck is only going to have, you know, whatever it is, the twenty four cards that are the eros or whatever the heck one of the factions is. Um, and then you may see 12 of those cards from that faction in that deck. And so that's the randomness is which cards from the, the faction do you see in that deck? Um, so once you see kind of, you know, like 10 decks, you've seen most of the cards for most of the factions. It's just the combinations that are in the deck that make certain things a little powerful. Maybe you have some synergies between some different factions and so forth. And there are a couple like interesting things like they will have cards that jump factions. I can't remember what they call it. But they have a card that'll be from a different faction in another faction. Um, I don't know if they call it Stolen or whatever like that. Um, so there's some interesting things that you find in the unique decks. So that's there's some certain things that make people kind of want to buy more decks just to kind of find some. There are a few things that are super rare that you'd only see in a, in a few decks, like these horsemen that people have been looking for. So, uh, like I said, I would. Let me see how many legs it has. It definitely is kind of. It's. I have. I think it's fun to play. It doesn't have a lot of. But there's no ability to customize your deck. Nope. Right. It's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah there is your your ability to customize is go you, buy a well, new one. That's yeah, the, that's okay. what they got you for, right? That's yeah. your. But, but I mean, if if you have a core of a deck, there's no way to swap in and out cards. Yep. It's, right. You're locked into right. what. Yeah. You so get. it's really the if you're not if you really think like that deck construction and whatever if that's what gets you going, this isn't going to be kind of your thing. Um, it, it, what is, you're going to do is you're going to buy more decks. That's what it seems. People who like that seem to be the ones who buy more decks. It's quite honestly the grip it and rip it approach to like a card game. Mm-hmm. Open so, this up, play it. Not yeah. knowing the game at all, how do they know if you're not swapping in and out cards? Is there like some? There, there. The back is absolutely every card is unique, oh. absolutely unique, oh, okay. named unique, like printed uniquely. So, 
Crazy. Yeah. It, it's like a procedurally generated yeah. card game. Yeah. Okay. And they basically, and you can check the deck in online uh-huh. um, and own it and basically stamp it. Like it's, these are yours. So and like nobody each else deck can. name is on each, each one of the cards, cards for that deck. On the front and back. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, there's probably a whole interesting like documentary on yeah. how the heck they actually printed this thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, so, yeah. And I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole of hating on Fantasy Flight for this, but they, they also did the, that with Discover Lands Unknown, mm-hmm. where every box you it's buy board game, is right? different. It's an exploration board game. There's like an encounter deck and a map, and they print everything so that each copy of the game is different Corey Kanichka did it I'll give it a shot but what what really concerns me with that is you're you're paying this much money for a play experience that once you play it how different is another copy of the game going to be and it's like a $60 $50 for that now yep. Keyforge $10 yep. sure I just I, I think it's a gimmick and I'll be very interested to see, like you said, what kind of legs yeah. it have, what kind of staying power, because it's a gimmick. Yep. You're you're riding something like, and, and the funny thing is, it's gonna suck a lot of people in. Oh, yeah, I'll ten dollars fine. I'll buy one. I'll try it out. Yeah, a lot of people are gonna say that, right? Yeah, and so they're gonna get ten dollars out of a lot of people. Yeah. And oh, well, yeah. So I to can't. your point, like, is it gonna have legs? Yeah, we'll but, see. But right? are, are they gonna get? So when I think about the the card player, and this is a little, yeah. bear with me on this tangent mm-hmm. as I go mm-hmm. off to the the economy of scale. Mm-hmm. Maybe you get fifty thousand people to buy a deck. Sure. Maybe you get ten thousand people to buy a few decks. But are you gonna have the solid base of consumption? that right. magic the gathering has where every release set people are buying a case of booster packs right and doing mm-hmm. a draft every friday and building decks from you know a number of core core sets i your your limit your ceiling on your game instantly is brought down sure. and granted they're not trying to compete with magic the gathering mm-hmm. that's clear to me they're trying to do something different yeah. But I don't think it's a sustainable, and maybe I'll be wrong, five years from now, Keyforge will be the biggest like competitive play <laughs> game out there, and we can go back and play the tape and like, you know, crap all over what I'm saying, but I, I don't think we'll see Keyforge in five years. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Will they, like, will it be Keyforge or will, like, it be, they start to whatever, like, they change and have the same kind of mechanics and idea but it, maybe it's more of a sci-fi. Like I could see they could do different kind of flavors of it um, and get some more. Like that may be the legs of it, right? Like yeah. they because it, and it may extend it. I could see where maybe the ramp would ramp down as people are like, all right, I've kind of done that. Um, but mm-hmm. you'll get people to buy in and stuff. So yeah, yeah, interesting. I'll be interesting. And like you said, I think when the board game comes out too, that's uh, gonna be interesting to see what people. Well, yeah, it's it's out. I'm pretty sure. Was that already? Okay, I I think it was at Essen. Okay. Um, Well, that's Essen. Who knows? Well, it really comes out. I think it's at at retail. (laughs) I saw people walking around with copies of it, like purchased at at Essen, and it's one I'll probably pick up just to to look at. But I don't know. All right. So after you got done playing Keyforge, you played what else, Troy? Um, I think I played some. big game that i got was the fireball island which is restoration games that's the remake of the old 70s 
um, big kind of whatever molded plastic, molded plastic. plastic yeah. island yep. with the marbles and little guys. Awesome. Um, so I actually took it out and I, Sarah and I messed around with it. Um, uh, it it's interesting. I mean, as as I bought in, I, like I think I got sucked into the nostalgia a little bit. It'll be interesting. I have to get um, some more people over, probably some nieces and nephews, and see. Um, it's kind of cool. It's kind of a you know spectacle. Mm-hmm. Um, the gameplay I think is kind of average. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of move some cards, move some people up, drop some marbles down, see who falls down. You know, very much. Uh, um, you know, Sarah thought it was hilarious to like roll the marbles <laughs> and see the people come out. And the art looks the art is really cool. The bo- the board's pretty cool. People were kind of. I was a little disappointed in the quality of like the box. The, the box they kind of went with like an old school box and which is kind of nowadays you're like oh this feels kind of you know cheap kind of feels a little flimsy it's really not flimsy like it's just like the cover is is more of a thinner but the the bottom of the box is very solid so it's like that's holding up all the weight and everything Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not like we're used to like the real heavy you know games like sure um and you think you're like so that there's certain things that felt a little weird but the cards are all really cool i mean the uh, the game trays. I think those are guys that did the, the molded plastic you know, inserts and stuff. Is all pretty cool. Um, so it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see how much play I really got out of it, or will it just be something that kind of sits on the shelf as a little bit of a novelty thing? So for what it's worth, I'm waiting for you to get bored of it and then <laughs> put it up for sale. I'll be and then you'll the first be getting yeah. Get, yeah. So I'm, I'm raising my hand right now, putting dibs in. Maybe I can loan it to you. All right, sounds good. <laughs> And should I keep going? I'll keep going. Yeah, keep so going. yeah, I mean, I see your like your name by like seven million different things. things. So. All right, so Azul. Have you guys played this Azul game? No, this is, pro- this is the predecessor, I believe, to Reef. Okay, it's um, blue in Spanish, right? Um, yep. So I think it's. I don't know if it's the same guy that did Reef or um, just the same company that put it out. Um, so Azul, it's a basically a tile laying game. Um, plays pretty quick. You're basically with piles of tiles. You base in, in like six or seven, depending on how many I think how many players you have. Um, you can pick like one color of tiles. The co- tiles are gorgeous. Really, the the components of that game are awesome. Um, I think it was a Spiel des Jahres winner in like 2018 or earlier this year or something. So people were really excited about this game. It was really actually hard to find. Um, and basically you end up making like a mosaic wall of the different tiles. Um, but you, you basically choose tiles. You, you're trying to then put them on your map to fill up uh, like a pyramid of one, two, three, four. Um, and then when you fill that up, then you can move that color tile over to the square. I'm currently not explaining it tremendously well, but that, that's kind of. So there's some interesting uh, logical choices. Plays pretty quick. Um I would, I'm trying to think what, what I would, you know, I could see a lot of people do compare it. Like it's totally different than reef, but your mind is kind of in a similar, um, card drafting, pattern building, set collection, tile placement game. Yeah. So that's why, I mean, kind of like those ideas overlap with, with reef, but none, nothing like they don't look at all the same Same, at all. Same company, different designer. Um, plan B games. Yeah. So you end up with some really cool, um, so I would, I, I'm glad I have in my collection. I think this is a game that I, I would bring out. It's probably very civilian friendly. You could probably, it's got a little complexity to it, but you definitely could teach family and other people. 
mm-hmm. um, pretty quickly. Um, What's interesting, there. it's it's got an 8.0 uh, mm-hmm. on Board Game mm-hmm. Geek, which is pretty good, and it's currently the number one family board game, mm-hmm. oh, 37 cool. overall. So it's highly rated. Yeah, and that because it there, it's got the layers right, so you can teach it pretty simply. But there's some really like when you get in there, like oh, there's some really different decisions on, you know, how should I fill this stuff up and how should I be the one, and then you kind of score it out by when you because you never like complete your whole square, but it's you know how many rows above and below. So John and I kind of played it, I think two or three times, and kind of that was like our last game of the night that we played, and it it was fun even as two players. Um, but I can definitely see how that would be a, a great game to kind of bring out with family and. And have some legs, so it's going to stay on my shelf probably uh, for a while. So. Cool, awesome. So I'll, I'll duck in here real, real quick in the plan. Uh, not, not a analog board game or tabletop game, but um, so Red Dead Redemption Two came out uh, relatively recently. It has done its best to derail my hobby progress, mm-hmm. derail my gaming progress. But uh, I have ridden all over Red Dead Redemption Two. It's one of the best video game experiences I've had in a long time. Um, you know, robbing trains, holding up stagecoaches, uh, hunting, fishing, anything you want. It's incredible. The graphics. You'll you'll be standing on a mountain top looking out over the terrain, and you just take it all in. You're amazed by how beautiful the game is. So um, I think that was Rockstar yeah. uh, Games, same guys who did Grand Theft Auto series, and it's... Uh, it's epic in scale. And and Ty's been raving about it. And so I recently bought it and I just started playing it. Like literally yesterday I started playing it. It's pretty cool. I didn't get a whole lot of playtime in, but so far it's pretty awesome. A lot of fishing? I don't know yet. I haven't gotten that far. You've got to advance the story a ways until you can actually go fishing. Um, but there's hunting. You can hunt legendary animals. Uh, you find fishing spots eventually that you try to get these legendary fish there. So there's achievements built in, obviously, to completing everything. Treasure maps that show you an image and you got to go find some stash somewhere. Bounties and dynamite. And so you're like sitting on a boat for like six hours? No. <laughs> With a beer? No. With a beer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> usually it's my usually 700th real. Moonshine, gin, bourbon. I always drink. I mean, it's what you do. Uh, in game or out of facial game? Facial hair grows as Both. you... So, like, yeah. So, like, I've trimmed my mustache and beard into the uh, the classic, like, Wild Bill long goatee and mustache with no, uh, no sideburns. It's, it's great, though. You can... Wardrobes. Uh, you can change what you're wearing. It's, man, awesome. Red Dead Redemption 2. Just an amazing video game. Well, there you go. Those look pretty cool. How about you, Josh? You actually played something on here, I see. <clears throat> I did. <clears throat> um, yeah, so I've been trying to get some reps in with the, the Zinch army. And so I played Marlin's son, Jonah. Uh, he has a Seraphon army. And I thought that would be interesting to play because uh, I think he's the only one that I know that has a Seraphon army. And yeah, it was. It, I kind of it, it felt like I had the lead early, even though I knew I didn't, because <laughs> mm-hmm. he's just got so much. You know, there's so many models, and um, it was kind of a random objective where it landed, and he had 
one side of the board kind of controlled, and that's where two of the objectives landed, and then one was where I had models. So I had mine locked up, and he had those two locked up, and it was kind of an uphill battle for me. But um, he thought he was behind the whole game, and I'm like, mm, no, you have plenty of stuff there. So, um, But yeah, no, it was a good game. Um, uh, had a lot of fun. I learned some things, so that's good. I'm trying to learn mm-hmm. from each game, and um, yeah, no, it's good. Good time, and it's always fun to play somebody new too. So I've I've played Jonah before, but with a different army. So um, yeah, it's always interesting to get a different somebody else's take on you yeah. know. So yeah, it was a good time. Cool. So I think was it last. Um, so Landmine, who was on last time, uh, and I had an order in flight at that point that showed up on whatever it was. Was it the week after? I, uh, when did Blackstone Fortress came out? came out on Black Friday, so the week after that. Um, and I had it on my doorstep that Saturday that it released. John came over that night. We spent about two, two-ish hours, two and a half hours assembling every miniature in it while we were watching some college football games <laughs> and we ended up and we played like the first kind of tutorial mission of blackstone fortress so miniatures are amazing uh the gameplay looks like it's a lot of fun um i think we're gonna get that more and more so it uh yeah cool and request then, uh blackstone yeah fortress. and they released today the data cards for playing both sides the denizens of the fortress mm-hmm. as a kill team Hmm. And the heroes that go in the uh, the forces of the Imperium for kill team, so cool. Uh, those those just got posted on the community page whenever we're recording uh, today is, but they're out there. Yeah, and it, it was a fun. I mean, the AI for the bad guys we were playing too. When then you have AI for the bad guys was pretty tough. Um, even we were playing like the first mission, and then I can imagine if you played five, I think then you have a uh, one of the players actually play the the bad guys in the in the fortress and that could be interesting because i think that that if you're not you know because a lot of times again the ai will kind of run them out or you know a little more random so it makes it a little easier so i think if you have intelligence behind it that really would make it make it challenging to, yeah. to do it but so many different options that your guys have in terms of what you know kind of the weapons and it's the classic um, warhammer quest kind of mechanics where you have like a pool of di- like a common pool of dice and you have your own common own dice pool that you know you need you know one plus or a four plus to do your special action uh, and you use your dice up for your different actions so uh, so similar to what was in like silver tower and the other other uh warhammer quest stuff but uh just gorgeous i mean gorgeous game uh, it'll be fun to kind of paint those miniatures up slowly but surely hopefully over the next couple um, months hopefully not years but <laughs> <laughs> But highly recommend Blackstone Fortress if you're at all if you're at all interested in that stuff. And there's some really cool and like you were saying, Ty, all those miniature rules for and all those miniatures for 40k for Kill Team. Um, so definitely, even if you just want the miniatures for other stuff, that's I think there's probably a lot of people just buying it for the miniatures. But the game itself looks like it has some fun. Awesome. Um, Blackstone Fortress is on the short list of games that. I will probably not buy because I know it'll just sit with the rest of the big box games that I have that don't get played. Um, but it it looks super cool. The aesthetic is cool. Um, I think it'd be interesting to play. I just I can't justify going to, <laughs> going to buy it. 
Um, let's see. So I don't want to dive into uh, the greatest board game that was ever designed for me. So I'm going to hold off on <laughs> You're that. You're going to hold off on that one? Yeah. But uh, so Mage, um, mm-hmm. we've been playing the uh, World of Darkness Mage game with Paul and, and Jen and uh, Tom and I and our friend Ben. And my mage, who has been always a very fluid, fluid <laughs> character as he's gone from being a vampire back to a mage. So I don't know how familiar you guys are with the game Werewolf, but there's the the triad. The So you've got the worm, the weaver, and the wild. My mage basically embraced the wild, went through another transformation, not a mage anymore, kind of this weird spirit <laughs> werewolf like guru hybrid character it's kind of a random chance to shake the story up a little bit do something new and crazy uh create a little chaos so um finding out what exactly i am is kind of the next arc because it's been made clear that i'm not entirely the guru like werewolf i'm something like a corrupted spirit you know corrupted by the wild so uh just another interesting quirk in that that campaign that is now think we figured out it's just over three years we've been playing uh in this campaign so the story that gets built and the characters yeah. and the 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 adventure is is pretty wild after that long wild see what i did yeah. there <laughs> and then uh we've had a good streak of playing our dungeons and dragons uh fifth ed campaign tomb of annihilation with yeah. a couple of the so so bryce and brendan and then paul and you guys and, and tom um Killed a giant crocodile. The other, uh, you set an ambush for a crocodile. Troy arrived just in time to the session and then did a tremendous amount of damage. Yeah, we needed him. Yeah, that would have been scary uh, if that 60 damage or but whatever. We set a trap for the giant crocodile. That's how. Um, <laughs> yeah, Mage Hand and uh, Minor Illusion. Um, <laughs> and I was like, eh, okay, we'll give him a round of surprise. I shouldn't have because you guys do too much damage with six players <laughs> why didn't we just put the little flower guy out there <laughs> so that's D tomb of annihilation uh, as you guys try to maneuver through uh, the jungles of cholt all right uh, so i got one got more quick one. one here so we dusted off um <clears throat> pandemic legacy season one not season two <laughs> uh season one it had been like I think a year or more since like we had played. It was, we were looking at the little because you record every time all your plays on the legacy, and we're like, "Oh, did we play back in April or May?" And it's like, "Oh no, that was 2017." <laughs> <laughs> so I think we had played a bunch of um, time stories and think that, and we had just like over summer our, our normally like our Friday after evenings it, when we like to play, and it just was terrible. So with the coop um, crew, yeah, with the coop crew. Um, or co-op crew, either one, mm-hmm. but, uh, it was a great, it was, we remembered why this game was so much fun. We just got through one. We got killed. Uh, we thought we had it. And of course the game kind of rises up and bites you. Um, but we opened up some really fun stuff. So, um, I'm always talking about games that we can't actually talk about, but 
uh, pandemic legacy it's still living up i think we're we're actually excited we're just, probably gonna just get wait until the meteor hits and the outer space virus I'm spreads sure everywhere that there is i'm like at this point you're like not like anything can happen you're like for what are they gonna do and then dustin hoffman shows up with a monkey that started mm-hmm. it all and you're like oh my god i'm sure that's in one of those boxes box f or whatever is on dustin hoffman is one of the character Just, cards you open up i'm sure yeah, because there was some really cool stuff. I was amazed at the cool stuff we all opened up on. Um, go get, go back and watch Outbreak. By the way, it, it doesn't hold up. Doesn't hold up at all. <laughs> Not good. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we're gonna keep. Yeah, I think we already are gonna probably play again this week because um, we really were we had so much fun. We're probably gonna get motivated and see if we can crank our way through it. Yeah. Well, so that's a good segue. One legacy game to another. Mm-hmm. Only this legacy game is this is it has become my is penultimate like the it's the, the, the one top. before the ultimate. So this would be the ultimate then I okay. think board game. I think we've entered into ultimate status. Oh, okay, it's high high praise. I bought it nearly a year ago and it sat on my shelf <laughs> uh, for a long time. And then a, a couple weeks ago I was inspired i read the rules i said okay i'm gonna figure this out again spent three hours unboxing and organizing gloomhaven so isaac childress uh cephalo fair games to call it a legacy game is a disservice to it it's 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 incredible so the amount of depth that went into this game the character options the stories the scenarios the equipment everything there's so you're managing so much but i love it like some people, I think the complaint is there's too much. You know, there's there's the monster AI you're managing through decks. You have your modifier deck. You have your own card play. Your hand that you're managing constantly is is your health. Um, choosing the scenarios, uh, having road events, having city events, buying gear, donating to the temple to get blessings. There's just everything in the world. But I dove in and I was like, this is glorious. I've just been swimming in Gloomhaven. Um <laughs> And played so Nicole and Tom and I played a couple weeks ago on a Friday after work. Mm-hmm. Set it up, played the first scenario. Then Josh joined us last week. We did the four-player uh, scenario two. We now have like three to choose from. We've all opened different mm-hmm. characters with knowing nothing about it. We're like, what characters sound fun? Open them up. You read through your character card. You draw a personal quest. That is your like campaign-long quest. Once you achieve it, you retire your character. Mm-hmm open up something new, get a new character class, whatever. Um, but it it just, it, it scratches legitimately every itch I'm looking for mm-hmm. in a game. There's just a few miniatures. The The only thing that I don't like is that it wasn't $150 more <laughs> and all of the monsters aren't miniatures. They're cardboard yeah. standees and the heroes are miniatures. Um, but you can fix that. Yeah, I totally could. <laughs> I totally could. Uh, but it's, the depth is there. The graphic design. It's a beautiful game. Every card, the art, um, the standees, the art's wonderful. The board looks cool. The tiles all create unique um, scenario like encounters. There's so many tiles to choose from. And uh, there's a really cool mechanic to playing the game. You have a hand of cards. Every round you're playing two of them, taking a top or a bottom action. That card sets your initiative. Then you do the second card. And then it goes to the discard pile, or some actions go to a lost pile, so it's removed. Once you get to the point where you can't have two cards in your hand, 
your mm-hmm. character is exhausted and you're out of the scenario. So managing that mm-hmm. that deck, that hand, I guess, of between nine and twelve cards seems to be kind of the the average. Once you're out, you're out, and the rest of the group has to finish um, the the scenario. So there's this brain burning management right. of when you need to go big and use one of those huge actions. Or when you just play the card for a standard move two or attack two, um, that's constantly gnawing at you because you see your stack <laughs> decreasing and you have to rest to get your discard back. Every time you rest, though, one of your discard cards goes to the lost pile. So you have a finite number of turns right, that you're so. trying to get through the, the scenarios. Um, I mean, Josh, you played for the, the first time. It was our second time, but managing the deck, what did, what did you think mechanically? Yeah, I mean... Um the deck management was the hardest part and it wasn't like it, it was a little bit analysis paralysis a little bit at first once you kind of figured out what cards did what it wasn't too crazy <clears throat> but it's still like you're trying to maximize what you're doing right um and i can i can understand folks that are like whoa there's way too much here you know it's frustrating but the actual gameplay isn't it's not ridiculous, you know. You, you you have your certain actions. You only have, like you said, <clears throat> eight to twelve cards, whatever it is. It, so that's I mean that's your limit. It's not like you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, a lot of fun. I mean, there's 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 a lot to it. Um, but it's not a lot. Like in the actual gameplay is fairly, you know, it's it's there. It's right there. You know, it's you're not, yeah. Um, but the, the depth to the entire game is crazy. Like Mm. there's so much there. Um, but I think they do a good job of each scenario is just, this is what you need to do. You know, this is what you need to focus on so that it's not, you know, overwhelming the entire time. So, um, a lot of fun. I could see really getting into this game. It's, it's pretty neat. Um, I'm a fan. I played it once, and I'm a fan. So, so what I've heard is like, it, and it'd be interesting, Ty, because you're doing both, right? Is people have said like this could be like if they don't have like a normal RPG group, like it gives them kind of sure. a fix to like, hey, here's yeah. this normal a big adventure, and you're un, undoing different things and discovering things, you know, without having to have a DM every week, mm-hmm. and you have the ability, right, that players can kind of come in and out you know if somebody yeah. can't make it for a week or there, it's not the end there's of the ways world. to balance scenarios to change the level of the scenario to ramp it up or ramp it down mm-hmm. and that changes the reward um you don't have to have the same people playing you could even have technically you could have a second party operating within On the world the- going through the scenarios and the quests in in different ways because there's enough in the item deck there's enough character classes i mean we're playing four of them. There are six others, I think. There's six starting classes, but they expand out. And then each character class box has a pad with the sheet. So you track your progress on a sheet, but then there's 20 more behind it. So you could share stuff between multiple groups playing. And each group could have a very different play experience because you randomly draw road events and the outcome changes what happens, changes your party's reputation. Um, so, I mean, there's a tremendous amount of depth. And it, I could see it filling that story um, aspect of a role-playing game. The world-building that was done in creation of this game. I, th- I thought I'd heard somewhere that Childress worked on this game for like 10 years. Um, <laughs> just a, 
but everything has a story. Okay. There's little details, places on maps that circle back to this over this narrative. And then what's crazy is the left half of the board is open as if it's meant to have another mm-hmm. map segment and expand out. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen, I thought I saw something that it was in the works, yeah. but I mean, there's a hundred scenarios yep. in the scenario book. It's it's absolutely insane. Just bonkers how deep it is. Cool. So the only criticism I've heard, and this is what you guys can say, is that, and maybe you need to get into it, is that the combat kind of is the combat, and so you you end up just playing the combats because you want to get you want to open up the story and you want to get more, um, and that after you've played your whatever fiftieth combat, maybe that can get a little dry. But interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I see that. Um, there's certainly there's a, a flavor to each class's deck mm-hmm. and how it interacts in combat. Like the guy I'm playing is the Craigheart. He has a little more health. He has some ranged healing. He also has some movement that like hurts things as he lands. He's this big rock elemental type. Um, can create a dust storm. Can like destroy obstacles. Then Josh's guy is the Mind Thief, who has these augments that enhance his ability or summon creatures. So. Th- there's a different flavor to the attack, but I, I mean, I, I would, I would argue, I guess, combat in Dungeons and Dragons it's or the Pathfinder same too, right. is, the you know, too, right. the, the same with slightly yeah. different abilities. And, um, I don't know. I think you do enough of any game's combat system enough, and that's probably a, a criticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels very tactical though in Gloomhaven, just based on how important movement is. Um, you know, coordinating your attack so that you're not overwhelmed. Uh, and one character can't do everything because mm-hmm. if one character is burning through their cards and then they'll be out, they'll yep. be out <laughs> right. and it gets harder because then the group is, you know, down a person in essence, trying to defeat uh, enemies. So, yeah, it sounds, I mean, it's, it sounds cool from that. You do have to coordinate maybe even more than like a D and D right. To, make yeah. sure that you get through the scenario right so is there what happens if you like fail like a combat so you can go back in um oh. your characters are exhausted mm-hmm. and and upon death you can do permanent death uh where your character is lost mm-hmm. and you would start a new level one character uh there's like a variant for permanent death i th- mm-hmm. i don't know i i think that would be <laughs> that would be rough um but certainly would add mm-hmm. tension <laughs> an edge to it uh, but I really feel like the thought of everything, the rules are very clean, very well written. Um, it, it took me three or four reads and I couldn't imagine playing the game out of the box without doing that prep work. I think that's the one thing is the barrier to entry is somebody has to unbox it, familiarize mm-hmm. himself with all of the yeah. components, all of the tracks, the monster AI, and just really teach the game and, and be the one that knows it can't imagine sitting down and trying to play it for the first time with opening the book and play that's that's not possible so even though you don't have a dm you still have a gm somebody who really owns the game and runs the game i i think so the monster decks all operate off an ai Mm. so like you you don't need that but knowing the rules is is huge because there's so many different things to keep track of um and symbols on the cards and just a, a number of there's a lot of management to playing the game mm-hmm. and and not to toot my own horn mm-hmm. but like i don't think it would be as smooth a play experience if you didn't have somebody that had that read, read through rules, that multiple okay. times agreed like 
tested it in a way, like looked at the first scenario set up and figured out, okay, here are the decks we need. Here's how you track this. Here's how you do this. So I kind of missed it. Is there any kind of randomness around? Is there any dice or is it all card based? No. So there, there's no dice. You play your card and it has an attack value. Um, you have a modifier deck of 20 cards. Every attack you make, you draw a modifier card. It's going to be plus one. There's a plus two. There's a times two. There's a minus two. There's some minus ones, plus zero, different variable amounts. And that's what is creating the variance in your attack. So if I play an attack three, a three strength attack and draw a times two, I'm attacking for six. If the enemy has a shield value, it reduces that attack by whatever their shield is, but then they take that many hit points. Um, and monsters have a multiplier deck as well. And then a certain card in there has a little cycle symbol where you shuffle back okay. up your modifier okay. deck and, and keep So their going. deck is, but the randomness comes from like they have their deck of what the attacks they're going to do. Yeah, so okay. I mean, there's a spread. There's yep. a 1 in 20 chance you draw a minus 2. There's a 1 in 20 wow. chance you draw a times 2. Then there's a number of minus 1s, okay. plus 1s, and zeros in there. Now as you get blessings and you have advantage where you can draw two cards and take the better mm-hmm. disadvantage, draw two cards, take the lower. There's, so there's a lot of manipulation of those modifiers. And then your own hand has level one abilities and they include three X level abilities, which you can cycle in in place of level ones. And then as your character levels, you can choose new cards. But every time you choose a new card, you have to remove one that's currently in your deck. So like my character has a deck size, a hand size of 11. So I have my 11 cards. At level four, I might have a handful of level three cards, level four cards, but those level ones, I'm having to get rid of, and I so my deck doesn't grow. It stays at that size, so you're always managing your um, expenditure, that resource of your, your hand size. We'll have to get. Cool. We'll get you through a. We'll run you into a scenario at some point. Uh, as a, yeah. as a well, again, that's what's kind of cool, out. right? Is a yeah. I show up for one day or something. We can can figure it out. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's that's Gloomhaven. That was kind of a mini review. Um, I, I I've just been ecstatic. Hopefully, we can keep up the regular play because it's so deep. You you have to stay on it and stay in in the world <laughs> so to remember what's going. To experience it. So I'm glad I found that for you on Amazon. Way back, yeah. if you go back how many, what, a year ago on episodes, we probably talked yeah. about it. Oh, <laughs> how it was like the deal. 200 and some dollars. We were trying to find it. And then <laughs> found it for like 130 or 140 yeah, on Amazon. Yeah. yeah, quite a score. Um, All right. Anything else? Is that uh, it? Is that I think, everything I we think played? that's playing. Should we just dive in the hobby? Yeah. Hobby. Josh the Builder. Yep. Yeah. So I, I finished my, well, I finished building the Roman temple um, from Hearst Arts Molds. Uh, I molded all the little pieces and threw out all the bad ones because sometimes you get little bubbles. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I had to mold a couple extra. And um, yeah, I think it turned out pretty good. Uh, I still haven't. Um, glued down all the pillars because I have a question up to the group to figure out how they should look but um and, and plus got, to prime and paint it I need the pillars separate so and you got zero answers from the group I, well everybody picked a different so I had like three options and I got 
a pretty a pretty good mix of all three yeah. and then i got three a options that you got right <laughs> you gave us three options you got six answers right, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so um what i what i think you should try for painting too is there's some cool marble effects you can do oh cool. Uh, and there's some mm-hmm. video tutorials online for like getting like a white marble with a little bit of the the green mm-hmm. um that would look cool veins i would I would do. I think that would look amazing if you did that and then weathered it um, in spots and yeah. added some moss or some. That would look cool. Yeah, I'm, I, I, that's also the reason I haven't painted anything yet because I'm trying to figure out what do I do here. You know. Yeah, so. I, I want to say like White Dwarf has done one, mm-hmm. uh, and there's there's plenty out there. There's some really cool mar that are relatively easy mm-hmm. to uh to accomplish okay cool I'll, I'll have to look at that but yeah so it's assembled and i think the hard part's over then painting it'll be a whole nother challenge so awesome troy you uh you kind of talked about blackstone fortress how you and john had a uh, assembly party yep <clears throat> has there been any other plastic uh assembly or hobby going on in in the basement of death uh that was kind of the big one um procurement is hobby uh of course so in that same order from any stop i got the uh, the veil of gyran all the some more trees from my sylvaneth because you always need more trees magic numbers 13 um am i close not there yet so almost there uh, josh loves it oh, when i play him and i cover the table oh, i want to make gosh. sure i can cover the table he wants to pop anywhere um, anywhere especially at objectives that show up randomly he wants yeah yeah uh, and i got some warhounds uh for Deptus titanicus that i need to start putting together because uh, i think dan and i are going to try and play one of these days um got a bunch of orc stuff i give to john for his birthday um, and then I got to thank Landmine because there he threw in a bunch of threw an extra book in there and a couple posters from um, Blackstone Fortress, Sweet. Um, like he tends to do on a lot of, on these on your orders, right? Give you some some cool stuff, cool extras in there. Um, so it was really cool to kind of open. I'm like, what is this really heavy thing? Oh, it's a book. <laughs> <laughs> so cool, yeah. And so, but really, yeah, the big hobby hobby stuff we're doing is we assembled uh whatever all those dudes very cool i'm uh doing a little little bit of hobby these days pretty much like every night i'm trying the hobby right now though i'm working on a zombie dragon and i'm really using it as a palate cleanser um so i've i've started a new army project uh actually two so my holy wars army um i'm doing the deep cast eternal so i have this concept of uh, a stormcast chamber trapped in either the realm of shadow uh olgu or maybe shaish that is um when the elves were trying to contain slanesh and sigmar started uh stealing the souls of the elves the so you've got the idoneth deepkin that are soulless they're looking for reclaiming souls so i've taken some parts of deepkin models fusing them with uh sacrosanct uh chamber of stormcast so evocators sequiturs that that group making these deep cast eternals every model is basically two kits um or or more (laughs) like everything's converted uh with head or weapon swaps and i got my sharks uh for my mounted evocators so uh lining those up is going to be fun and then the the i think the crown jewel of this project is going to be the leviathan drake so i'm doing a leviathan star drake conversion um i've planned it out i'm gonna buy the models uh star drake head 
the turtle fins, and then I'm going to use a heat gun on the Star Drake tail to yeah. shape it in a way that looks like it's able to move through the water. Um, everything lines up like I think it should. It'll be pretty easy to use the turtle shell to hide the um, oh, where you the joints them together. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm um, in concept. I'm I'm excited to get that started, and then painting. You know, forty some models. Deadline for that's going to be Holy Wars, where you got to bring a thousand point sideboard. Yep. Uh, so it'll be a three thousand point Stormcast army converted, painted by the end of February. Yeah, that looks cool. I mean, the guys you got done so far are really cool. So it's, it, <laughs> that's going to be really cool. Real cool army, I think, when you pull them together. So I bought some scale 75 paints uh, that I found on eBay because Miniature Market was sold out. War Store doesn't carry it. They're a Spanish company. So they have a range of, uh, it runs like bur- purple to teal mm-hmm. called Elven Colors. It's one of their sets. Uh, Pick that up because I want to do like a dark teal with purple robes. Um, just to get that kind of sea dark Namardi look going. Um, and they're, they're always at Adepticon, but when I'm at Adepticon, I never think about what I might want to get from them. Right? It's like maybe it should just yeah, buy it. But I'm sure, again, if I buy a whole bunch, I'm not going to buy the color that I really end up wanting. Like, oh, shoot it, right? so, <laughs> so this, this and maybe I'm going to, maybe this isn't a big secret. Mm-hmm. I found it on eBay. When I got the shipment, the guy put his business card in there in a flyer. It's competitionminis.com. Uh, it's all like competition level miniatures, so busts, colors, terrain stuff, um, full range of scale 75 paint, orders of $49 or more, free shipping. He's on the East Coast. He's in Virginia or Maryland. Um, Everything was in stock. The paints run between four and five dollars each, or the sets are like thirty-ish. Um, brushes, it's insane. Like the website catalog is just incredible. Yeah, we, you were showing it to us. That was amazing. It's a really nice site. Really, um, definitely going to have to. And the guy was great. Out. He turned it around and shipped it to me in like three days. Um, and so I'm I'm really excited that I I found that um, to to order some paint through. I've always used Citadel paint, so it'll be weird. Scale 75 mm-hmm. is just smooth. The dropper bottles, it's its incredible yeah. to work with. Um, so I'm really excited uh, to to use those paints and, and get going on this. But the Zombie Dragon I'm painting currently, I just want to finish. <laughs> so for Wapaka, I'm going to tap into the guys from Milwaukee War Chest and borrow some Zombie Dragons. Some Grimgast Reapers, I'm going to run three Zombie Dragons, 30 Chain Rasps, and 30 Grimgast Reapers. Just <laughs> be be a jerk with a bunch of death uh, stuff and drink a bunch of beer and okay. push models forward and hopefully kill everything. But uh, So, yeah, that's that's the, uh, the hobby aspect. Um, I do want to real quick talk about some acquisition. This, this order, <laughs> so Bryce and Brendan and I went all in on a mini stomp order. Uh we <laughs> we got two spicy deals. So Landmine talked yeah. about the spicy deal. Mm-hmm. There were two. There was a Deepkin one that Brendan got, a Marathi and Daughters one that mm-hmm. Bryce got. Uh, we had five boxes of Ungors. So the web exclusive mm-hmm. uh, Beast of Chaos. For Brendan, was, I For Brendan. Start, start collecting <laughs> box. Brendan just racked up a huge amount of acquisition, which was pretty impressive. I bought four Sharks. Uh, so four Alapexes and then two boxes mm-hmm. of Evocators on Celestine, uh, the uh, Dracolines. 
it was a nine hundred and fifteen dollar total uh, between the three of us. Just to <laughs> you know, the Tell box weighed thirteen pounds. <laughs> um, he he did include a bag of uh, the bourbon barrel aged coffee, so I'm excited <laughs> to check that out. But I was like, "What is this? It's a bag of coffee in with the order." Um, so cool. Which he sells. So just just awesome. I mean, he helped fill the order. Got the web ungors came back in. We added that in a couple PayPal transactions later, and it was on the doorstep. So uh, you know, when you've got to sort an order and pack stuff away for Bryce to pick up, bring Brendan's over to hobby night on Tuesday. It was, uh, it was fun. It was just a huge, huge order. And now I got to turn around and put another one in for the star Drake and the Leviathan. Nice. <laughs> I, um, I purchased, uh, my kill team book. So Dr. Gabe, uh, is, is forcing us all to play kill team. At forcing anybody. Uh, no unexcused absences will <laughs> no, be accepted. Yeah, no unexcused absences. So, uh, he's forcing me. To play. No, I'm, I'm going to play anyway. Um, so yeah, I bought the book and, um, I decided I was going to play Tau. So I bought, I have the old Tau stealth suits from mm. back in the day. They're metal. They look all right. Mm. The new ones just look cooler. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll buy the new one. So I bought the new Tau stealth suits, uh, a recon drone, which I didn't know about before. Cause really the only mm. drones, I used back in the day were the gun drones, so uh, got a recon drone and some railgun bits. Um, I had never used the railguns with my pathfinders in the old Tau. New Tau, apparently they're pretty good, so yeah, I had to get some railguns for for my pathfinders. So do a little bit of conversion work and building up some stealth suits, and then I'll have a kill team. Dibs on not playing Josh. Why? Because Tau gun lines and kill team are filthy. Are they really? To advance across. Because this, they have the, they have like the re-roll when models are within so many inches, they don't miss. We'll just cheat and having too much terrain on the board. Yeah. Mm. Dibs on not playing Josh. Dr. Gabe? I'll play Dr. Gabe. <laughs> you hear me, Dr. Gabe? Dr. Gabe. Dibs. Dr. Gabe. So, all right. All right. Kill so, yeah. team. That's, That's kill impressive. Team. Yeah. And we'll have to start actually getting a few games in here. Yeah, once, soon, once so. we get something together. Nah, I'm yep. going in cold. I'll play you, Troy. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get you, Ty. We'll get yeah. you to warm up. We'll have a few kill team nights here coming up. <laughs> so Kickstarter. Uh, Kickstarter. Love it, hate it. Um, find some awesome stuff on it. So, I, how come I'm the only one with stuff on here? Oh, because um, you're the only one who kickstarts. And I, you know, I don't even want to look and see how I, much I've loaned people for yeah, the next year. Yeah, because I spend $300 at Ministop every week. <laughs> yeah. And the, um, so, on there is uh, dwarves, elves, and demons. Oh, my. Well, how can that, right? Is that the train set I sent? I said, check this out. It's amazing. Yeah. I think so. So this is our friends. Uh, this is Matt over at printablescenery.com down in Wellington, New Zealand. Um, I got a chance to actually talk with him last year before Adepticon. We were going to do some stuff. Um, so this is their Kickstarter for all this amazing 3D printed terrain. Um, and it's, it is some really, really cool stuff. Um, so I actually might have started to go down this 3D printer kind of thing. We will talk about it in future episodes if i actually end up yes, going down the it worked going down, down the road um 
but I would check out if you have a 3D printer or a friend with a 3D printer or someone you know with a yes, with the that you want to 3D print, check out the, their stuff from printablescenery.com. So the Kickstarter, but there's, again, just go on printablescenery.com. He has a bunch of all those designs that he currently has. Um, it's really cool stuff, not super expensive, because um, you're just, again, you're getting the, the design. designs, yep. and then you have to kind of print it yourself. So, And again, he's the one who did the Rampage Dungeon Kickstarter that we talked about a few things ago. The design for those, and basically what those are, with the architects, 3D, uh, uh, architects of destruction. destruction. Um, so those are three D printed designs that then the architects of destruction are mass producing by you know doing casting and regular plastic, um, plastic molds to to make those kind of scaled at that. So uh, and then the other thing that I did not go into, but maybe Ty might need to. I don't know. He might even sold his thing. Is Simon um, has Blood Rage Digital on Kickstarter. I think currently might still be out there um when this comes just, out just launched relatively recently but they're doing a really it's really short i yeah. think it's only like 10 days or 15 days um something like that so that's the digital version of blood rage and then okay so what they get you do is then they've added uh another whole clan where you can buy add-ons and yeah exclusive or new versions of the exclusive miniatures that were monster miniatures that were in the original blood rage. So if you have this collection completionist disorder, they're just going to get people to give them money again. Uh Like that, like, Oh, I don't have every single thing for blood rage. Please give me $60 so that I can buy it. So (laughs) yeah, they're, they're not going to get me blood rage. I think that that long boat has sailed. Um, it hasn't seen the table in a while. There's just so much out there to play. So when I give Fireball Island to Josh, if you're going to get rid of Blood Rage, let me know. We'll do a swap. All right. We'll figure it out. There might be something I have that you might want. Who knows? I need to unload. I need to do a purge. I need to find a, yeah. a home for Massive I, Darkness, for Rising Sun, for so, Blood Rage. Yeah, for, speaking of that, I am, at some point, I am, I've been trying to, start to put together like a basement of death fire sale yeah because again whether it's just miniatures and just yeah so look for, if i give look you for like, that on the discord if and i give you that. like 10 percent, would you post my stuff on ebay um maybe I or i like, have another idea and i'll okay. talk to you too but we After can figure the show. that out yeah good yeah, deal we'll figure that all right because if we do have a fire sale yeah. <laughs> so look for it maybe yeah. we'll let you guys know if you're <laughs> yeah. looking for a bunch of these yeah. these games uh so battle foam had a pretty good deal going on uh black friday, black friday cyber yeah. monday whatever it was um and apparently i have a typo here uh <laughs> i bought a magna rack not a manga rack <laughs> who what kind of jerk would call that out in the show notes that yeah that's kind of what i was thinking too yeah well it's um, two different one's a magazine rack that just holds japanese japanese anime or a manga manga <laughs> rack manga. Yeah. versus a magnetic rack yeah yeah so yeah i, I ended up uh going in on that because i was like okay this is the time if i'm gonna buy you know get it at a discount whatever so um and I, i'm always jealous of you guys showing up even if it's just with board games or whatever in it and you just unzip and you're like oh look at this cool bag i have i'm always jealous so yeah now i can quell that jealousy a little so yeah, yeah and i mean i i wasn't sure i mean it was really an experiment and i lo- especially for myself and Eth. 
Mm-hmm. I love the Magnarack stuff. At first, I had to kind of figure out and warm up to it, but now, like every time I come over here, it's just like yeah. I literally like pull a rack off the shelf, I throw it in the bag, I come over. It's you know we. And when I see you off. do that, I go ugh. ugh. So yeah, that yeah. you're you're actually the reason. Yeah, I jumped in here. So and know. then and of course I and I don't know. Did why. you buy another set? And I bought another okay. set. Well, what I bought was the because um, what I have is the set for the full size bag, my seven twenty. So if you know the battle foams, that's like the full fifteen by what is it, fifteen by twelve, fifteen by twelve ish, I think trays. Um, what I bought then was the four thirty two bag, which is like the half size of that. Um, and then the magnet rack that fits inside that. Cause I have an older 432 um, that doesn't like on un- the new ones, like unzip all the, where the front comes completely off. Uh, mine just opens up on the top, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, and you can so I kind of use that, but it's not great for like, if you need to like get stuff out. Um, so they had, yeah, it was such a, it was a good deal. And then I saw, and, um, and that size is a little more compact, and especially if you ever, if I ever would kind of travel mm-hmm. a little more, um, I looked at that, and it was just a really good deal. So I'm yeah. like, all right, and, yeah. and then I the, replaced my bag. The so. intern got in on it too. Uh, <laughs> Brendan got in on it. I, I think I'm the only person in any of the uh, the groups and clubs that didn't. I was tempted, but uh, I held off. I need to keep my hobby spending in check a little bit um, after. You have a big event coming Two up. Two plumbing issues. No, and, uh, yeah. Uh, the, the wedding and the holidays and everything. So mm-hmm. trying to save, you know, 200 bucks here and 200 bucks there. But protect your miniatures. Yeah. You just, you spent $915 on. No, I didn't. Uh, point, on, <laughs> just, point, just a point, oh, Nicole. Oh, I did true. not spend $915. That's true. Nicole does listen, so let's uh, make sure the facts by are three. Yeah. Let's, let's fact check. Uh, you know, yeah. But I'm glad that Brendan bought a bag because we're down at, at Dragonfall. And he's like playing with all his stuff, literally like tossed in a cardboard box with like some tissue paper or something. I, maybe it was foam, but it, it was like literally his models are thrown in a cardboard box that he's using to carry his miniatures to and from the table. It was <laughs> kind of funny. Like that. I, <laughs> I've been known to do that. It works, but so it's like, uh, battle that's, that's why I bought a battle phone bag. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Troy looks like you've been purchasing some books. Yep. Um, so really quick, I think we had talked way back is Ivan Van Norman and Caleb Cleveland who did um, the ABCs of RPGs a mm-hmm. couple of years ago, probably uh, two, like 2017. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, really gorgeous kids book. Uh, awesome. A lot of fun. Um, they were able to work a deal with Wizards and they kind of rebranded that book and made it the ABCs of D&D. Um, same book, just a little bit different branded. And I they may have, I think it's almost exactly the same. And then along with that, he did another kind of like a companion book called the one, two, threes of D and D that of course do numbers. Uh, the first book kind of goes through AB, you know, all the letters and different things. Um, and this one does numbers. Uh, the one, two, threes is, is it's good. It's probably not as good as the ABC one, um, but they're both kind of fun. They're not expensive. And if you have younger kids, um, it's a lot of fun. I mean, Sarah has a blast with, with them and, has memorized them for since she was much younger. So, yeah. and now she Landon, can actually read them. So it's like <laughs> <laughs> Landon likes that ABCs of RPGs as well. So maybe I'll look into the D and D one. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to get them for, to Sarah for Christmas 
and it came and she just and she happened to just open the, the Amazon <laughs> box before I could uh, I mean and Sherry didn't know what it was either so she and like so she got those early was what it, uh, so back for Landon's birthday um, we purchased the Lego uh, the largest Lego set I've ever seen the Hogwarts um, castle school for wizardry for Harry Potter 6,000 some pieces of Legos um, over the last two months it got built I uh, just finished it this weekend pr- probably 40 to 50 hours of of work and it now occupies a uh, end table that's in the corner of the living room on display and this thing is it's crazy we think we we have like yeah why is this hobby in hobby covered. why is this not in hobby well because yeah. it's hobby adjacent you know, there's no super glue involved <laughs> although maybe there should have yeah, been. been yeah um it, it, it just incredible uh the detail and the level of everything that lego has included in these super super sets mm-hmm. i mean you know four hundred dollars six thousand pieces it felt like right. i was putting together a you know a warlord titan or something yeah and i was over last weekend and it was very close to being done like it was just i mean you had like maybe an hour or two more to go or something and it was it's sitting in the on the coffee table in the middle of the the living room i'm just like wow like it's 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 amazing how big it is i mean that the footprint is probably like two and a half feet by two and a half feet it takes up like a whole square end table and it's probably two feet tall. Yeah, I was gonna say. It's, what yeah. is the? Inst- is it like a book it's that four, came with the it's instructions? Four magazine size <laughs> books, four instruction <laughs> booklets, thirty-seven of the plastic bags of Legos, and it's um, crazy detailed. Like it's, I mean, so at a distance. So coming into Ty's house, you can see it. You know, all, all the way yeah. across, and. It, so I'm going. Did they? What? What? Like, you couldn't tell it was Lego Legos. from a distance. And I'm like, holy cow! That's that's awesome. And as you get closer, I'm realizing, oh, that's right. Landon got that for his birthday or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh wow! It's it's almost done. That's so crazy. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's amazing. It's really amazing. Yeah, Josh saw it, and Landon was pretty proud to tell him that I was half colorblind yeah <laughs> that's uh, right i forgot because he'll help me find the colors, colors. For, like the stained glass yeah. or, like, he was very pieces. proud to say yeah I, i've been helping because ty is very colorblind <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep it's excellent. it's excellent all right well that was uh, a long segment but it was good to catch up here in advance of uh, the holidays and the winter months Lot, lots of hobby and, and game playing When we come back from a real quick break, we're going to uh, go through our letters to Santa um, because we each, you know, we're we're gamers with needs and wants and and things that we want uh, under our Christmas tree. So when we come back, we will do the Basement of Death, Playing and Slaying Presents Letters to Santa. Right, welcome back from the break. Hope everyone got a fresh drink, added some ice to their uh, their glasses. It's time to reflect upon Christmas. Now, Christmas is a time of giving. The you know spirit of the season is with you, celebrating with family and friends. But at its core, there's also just a little bit of greed. You know, the consumerism, the wish listing. So, what we thought would be fun is each of us has uh, penned a letter to Santa Claus with our Christmas wishes, 
um, for the, the hobby, for gaming, for, you know, whatever it may be. Um, so Troy, can you, can you start with your letter to Santa? Sure. So dear Santa Claus, the orc warlord, (laughs) right? Isn't that right? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. The elves are grots. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It's Claus. The sleigh is a C- boondaka snazwagon. Yeah. It's Claus. C-L-A-W-S. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Santa okay. Santa Claus. Dear Santa Claus, the orc warlord. Yeah. All I want for Christmas is the Gene Stealer Cult Codex. <laughs> <laughs> I think. There's rumors. Maybe. Please. I think that might happen. But please, anything you can do to help make that happen. Um. The other thing um, would be inter- love to have is to have Adeptus Titanicus rules for more stuff than just the Imperium fighting Imperium. Um, add some orcs in there, some Eldar Titans. Be cool to have some Xenos people in there, and then maybe if we even get there, it'd be cool to kind of get the whole epic back with even troops and stuff like that. But we'd even just take Xenos. That'd be great if that can happen. And then, of course, I always want more time to play games. Um, so however that can happen, maybe just fix the traffic in Milwaukee so that I get an extra hour of not standing and driving and whatever. So anything you can do for that. I think Santa can do that, right? He can put in more stoplights. Chris, Christmas magic can do anything. He can add Troy. an extra lane. Yeah, or we could fly. Like he could use that, whatever yeah. the reindeer do. Yeah, that'd be great. The little fairy dust or yep. whatever yeah. and then the last one if you can make like this magic happen i have this idea where if you could have like because i really like legacy games um but i want them to be one they have to be like um i have this idea where a legacy game and maybe it's like rob davio and ivan van norman like are in a bus somewhere and they think of this idea together where they do a legacy game but you buy it like it would really make people angry maybe but i think it'd be fun like you buy the game and you just get like chapter one and then you play that and then you like subscribe to it. And then like the next month you get like this magazine and it has the next month of rules and it changes and whatever. And you get that like 12 months, you have to wait like 12 months to actually finish it. Although even though it takes me like three years to do a legacy game anyway, I think just having it spread out would be, would be an interesting concept. I'm sure he's Davio's priority thought of this. Um, but I want Ivan Van Norman in there so that it's not like happy people. Like um, you want, I don't want Charterstone. Yeah, I want some. It's got to have zombies or some kind of sci-fi or like. There's got to be some blood and combat, real combat in this. Not I don't want like Charterstone, which was like happy little people in the thing. That's not a legacy game. That's not so. But I know Santa Claus, the Orc Warlord, will help that make that happen. <laughs> Wonderful. So. I hope you get everything on your wish list, and I hope you have just a, a wonderful Christmas with your first subscription uh, box legacy game arriving, and you tear it open, play it in two hours, and have to wait a month for mm-hmm. your next, <laughs> next right, chapter. Right, right. I think that's, I think that, that's enjoyment. Yeah. That's, it's kind of that anticipation. Yeah. Right? Just like you wait for Christmas every year as soon as it's oh, over. I, right? I got you. And you wake up at 3 in the morning because you're so excited to yep. get downstairs. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Ty, what do you got? Uh, well, yeah. So... I wrote an actual letter here. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna read it to you guys, right. and then I'm gonna send it to Santa <laughs> via Express Mail. Dear Chris Kringle, 
It's your favorite host of Plan and Slan, Ty. I'm writing you another letter in which I will be reminded again of the utter disappointment that is usually my Christmas. This year, I was so good. I played all the games, 60 of Age of Sigmar, painted all the models, over 300, and I even helped write show notes for several episodes of Plan and Slan. If there was one thing I wanted for Christmas, it would have to be a Primark model that has angelic wings, and maybe... Elves that are influenced by the good guys, Techless and Tyrion. That's really it from Games Workshop. But now let's talk about Wizards of the Coast. Dark Sun campaign setting. Period. Then if you're not too busy, please throw in the following. A regular board game night, a fully painted 40k Death Guard army, 4x4 table of ultimate gaming, and $500 more to spend at ministomp.com for all of your holiday shopping needs. Wait, wait, wait. Josh and I held our tongues through that whole thing. Like, we literally, we we barely were able to contain ourselves. Sincerely, Ty, your favorite host. No, of like, that was the first thing we yeah, had a problem with. Egregious. Yeah, let's start with that. That was the first one. We might let that slide. Mm-hmm. I even helped write right. show notes. Right, yeah. Like, <laughs> I even helped yeah. write show notes. I did. Yeah. yeah. Also, the, but, but what's fun? Yeah, like that's about like that's not a normal ask, right? <laughs> <laughs> the Primark model with angelic wings, yeah, and maybe elves influenced by the good guys, Teclas and Tyrion. Yeah, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, that's my Christmas list and my fantastic letter to yeah. Chris Kringle, aka Santa Claus. That's that's very good. Did you right. play Dark Sun back in the day? I never got a chance to. I love the world, though. Um, I had a few of the books and stuff, but if they were going to bring back an old campaign setting, that's the one I, I want. Yeah, I never actually... Again, the same thing. You like read the book or whatever, but never yeah. actually played a campaign in it. I did my list um, old school style, where you rip stuff out of a magazine and glue it onto With the a glue sheet. stick? Yeah, cool. Onto a sheet of paper? Yep. Uh, dear Saint Nick, I would like more gaming terrain, and I ripped out gaming terrain out of you know, uh, out of a page. Out of no, out of the out of a web page. Yeah, how do kids do it now? <laughs> out of a white dwarf, they ripped out terrain. PDF documents. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I would like more gaming terrain. So AOS Kill Team 40K. Um, just because I I don't have a whole lot in my my gaming area right now. You can buy some of those big giant I, I'm GW gonna, gift sets. Well, but this is for, from Saint Nick. Well, he's, he's gonna he'll gift bring them. He'll bring them. Yeah, yeah he'll yeah. wear them. Okay. Um, uh, I would like some tweaks to the studio to make it more setup friendly. Mm. Um, I have some ideas of what I want, so I'll uh like little hooks to. Hang. So we have like these, um. I don't know. The, the room gets a little echoey, so we hang like things on the wall. I have some. I want to put some little hooks on the wall to like hang them across. Cool. Just easy things. Cool. So Ty, we're getting our own studio in Josh's house. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. He's just gonna give us. He's gonna give us a whole room. We don't have to like share his office anymore. That's what I'm hearing. Santa's least. gonna frame mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's yeah. gonna give me a new studio. Yeah. I think, or Josh is gonna start working from his bathroom or something. I'm not <laughs> sure what. <laughs> um. Uh, time. I would like time. I would like an extra day each week for gaming and hobby with my friends. Um, 
it's so hard to get together with everyone. That's that's something that's I, I would I would like a, an eighth day of the week mm-hmm. that's only dedicated to hobby. All responsibilities are set aside. Kids get put on pause. Like work gets put on pause. You know all that. So it's called second Saturday. It happens mm-hmm. after nine o'clock at <clears throat> night, and it goes till four in the morning. I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. But then. Yeah. All right. Anyway, then Sunday happens and you're a mess. Can it be like a Harry Potter thing? Like, what was the like? You know, like you went to that like the train station, the nine and three quarters, or whatever. Like, like, there's this, and you just like slip in there, and then yeah, like you game in there, and you game in there, and you come back on alley. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then you come back and it's still ten o'clock in the evening. You can go oh, to sleep, not instead of having a bed at four in the morning. That'd be pretty yeah. cool. I like that. You can do that too. And there could be a room of requirement that you go in and it has everything you need for gaming and hobby. It's nice. Cool. All right. And then Santa, Saint Nick, Chris Kringle. I commissioned this Zinch army, and ever since, Zinch has gotten worse and worse. The rules for Zinch have gotten worse and worse. I would like you to make Zinch good again, make him great again. That 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 would be great. Thank you. I've been a good boy. Santa, P.S. As the favorite host of Plain and Slain, you cannot allow Zinch to get great again. <laughs> Sincerely, Ty, your favorite host of Plain and Slain. Who also helped write show notes. Who also yeah. helped write show notes. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. So those are our cool. Christmas letters to Santa. Hopefully you all have your own uh, wish list and um, you're out there taking care of the, uh, the the friends and family close to you, buying them all sorts of games and hobby stuff to, to wrangle them into this uh, wonderful world of tabletop uh, gaming. But uh, from all of us, a heartfelt happy holidays. Uh, I don't think we'll have another episode before Christmas, certainly probably shortly after the new year. So from from us to you, Happy holidays. And now we'll take a break and come back and talk about Troy's new favorite game, Railroad (laughs) Inc. Welcome back. It is now time that we enter the showroom floor where Troy has already demoed Railroad Inc. for us before recording. And now he is going to sell it for the Play It or Slay It review. Railroad Inc., a game uh, released very recently by Simon Games. So Railroad Inc., I-N-K, get it? There's like a play on words there. Uh. um, And the ink comes in where like it's a roll and write game. So if you're familiar with any of these, you roll some dice and then you have a board or some of these games have paper, you know, a play paper and you write things on it. Railroad Inc. Um, is from Seabon, surprisingly. There's no miniatures in it, just some dice and uh, dry erase markers and, and six boards. Um, it was published in 2018. I think it initially it showed up in, at Gen Con. They had some stuff, I think, released then sometime this fall. Um, so pretty new. Um, if you can find it, it uh, keeps selling in and out. I think it's available, but it is selling in and out because it is kind of popular. Um, the goal of Railroad Inc. is to you roll the dice and then you draw the the roads or railroads that you see on the dice faces onto your board. Your board is like a hex of I think six by six, 
um, squares on the outside. There are exits on each side, three on each side, somebody like 12, uh, 12 exits. And you try and connect those using the roads or the railroads that you see in the dice. You know, there are seven rounds that you do. By the time you're done, then you count up how many points you get. Um, and then the winner do that. So, um, you, there's some special connect, there's some little special connections that you can use. Um, to add different connect, uh, connectors or intersections is probably the best word for that. Uh, you can only use one of those per turn, a max of three. And then the number of points they said is you'll basically get for a number of exits you got connected by the time you're all done, your longest road, longest railroad, how many of the center squares you used. And then the gotcha is you get minus points for how many things, incomplete connections you have. Um, goes pretty quick when you roll a dice or each at the same time using those same dice faces uh, and drawing at the same time on the board. Um, so there isn't really any player interaction. Um, you're just, it's just you and the board. You could play solo and do the same thing, but uh, do that. And then the game actually comes in two different versions as Ty was trying to figure out why this one's called Blazing Red Edition is that there is a deep blue edition also. Would you guys even be able to tell the difference? Yes. Besides the word, no. Okay, just checking. Yeah, so it's, if it's you can get one cheaper blue. for you guys, you could go either way. No. So the difference is that's the base game. In there are is expansion dice in the in the red version and the blue version. The blue version actually adds rivers and lakes oh. that you also can draw onto the board. When the, and there's extra set of dice that have these rivers and lakes on them. The red edition has like meteors and earthquakes or stuff like that that actually you can put on the board and actually erase things. So it adds a little little interesting thing. I haven't actually played with the expansions and the other ones. So I don't know. It plays in like, depending how fast you go, probably 15 minutes about that. Because um, it's only seven rounds. You're kind of rolling, rolling the poor things. And it comes in this nice little, I don't know, six by six box. Has some magnetic actually cover. Um, so nice, uh, nice quality. And price point. That's it. Price point is so it's uh, about fifteen to twenty minute game, and it's about fifteen to twenty dollars. So it's a dollar per minute. Dollar per minute. Yep. Yep. Pretty sure. I think Amazon is. Yeah. I think miniature mark and whatever. It's kind of around that fifteen dollar mark. Pizza. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I like to think of games and pizzas. Yep. <laughs> so. <laughs> so that's it. How, much, how many pizzas was Gloomhaven? <laughs> how many pizzas was Gloomhaven? <laughs> like 12. <laughs> uh, maybe 20. I don't know. <laughs> if you get one of those deals when you order that many, it's probably a 20 pizza game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well worth it. I'd forgo food for a month for Gloomhaven. Mm-hmm. I need to. Good Lord. <laughs> All right. Railroad Inc. Railroad um, Inc. Play it or slay it, Josh. Ah, so it's it's tough at that low price point to slay a game. And you um, won when we it played. did win. It I mean it's fun enough. It it tickles that uh, that kind of weird puzzly part of my brain. Um, and it's it's kind of one of those gateway games. Like it's not super complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, the components were good. The pens and the dry erase markers with the erasers on the end. I thought that was nice, especially for a fifteen to twenty dollar game. I think that's pretty great. Custom dice. I'll give it a play. We'll say play because I think the components were good. It's decent gameplay. 
gateway game. Yep, it checks a lot of boxes for me. We'll go. We'll go play. Should I go next? I'll go next. All right. Like, you we next. know where Ty is, so we'll we'll, uh-huh. we'll, we'll we'll save him for. So listeners, don't be be ready. We'll save well, Ty the, for the the guy. The guy slays one game savagely <laughs> last episode, and now. <laughs> Now, he now he's the savior. Yeah. We're yeah. Rev- uh, reverting oh, to common roles. Martyr uh, Troy. <laughs> all right. So even this is my game, and I so I'm, I'm going to play it. Um, I I heard some good things. About, I, it was funny. John and I listened to a review of this at Gen Con on our way down to Gen Con, and we were like, "What? I don't know. What this thing seems weird." Um, then I saw a review of it and an actual gameplay, and I'm like, oh, okay, that kind of looks fun. It, the puzzly part like mm-hmm. looked cool. Uh, and then, so I got it, played it a couple times. Over the weekend, what was interesting, I got my brother-in-law, um, who never, like, very rarely gets not to play these games. He was at, it played twice and, and won and, and enjoyed it. Um, so, again, I, and I really want to get, I'm probably going to get the blue edition, too. Um, just to see how, how that plays. Because I think the rivers and lakes part, and that's the one that's harder to find right now. How are you going to tell them apart? Um, I'm, g- so I'm just going to say blue on it. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, the word. And so maybe I'll be able to tell. And then the dice will have a river on it. Sure. So I'll try. It'll be hard, but I'll be able to do it. <laughs> so I'm going to play it. All right. All right. Good. good. All right. Ty, we're bated breath. Where do you? All right, All right. So here's the thing. I didn't feel at all like I was playing a game. I thought I was solving a puzzle. Mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy uh, writing um, the different symbols because the marker's small, the board's small, uh, and I'm left-handed. So I was constantly like feeling squeezed. Like It was just difficult to not smudge and destroy what I was doing. I'm left-handed, too. Yep. Uh, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't feel like a Simon game. I feel like this is this is how they're trying to make up for their hemorrhaging losses in the uh, Kickstarter um, big big box games. It's interesting. Uh, it's unique. Um, Fifteen dollars. Mm-hmm. It's a large pizza. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll play it. Wow, mm. I'll play it. Yeah, so it it was annoying a little bit writing on the marker mm. board. Um, being left-handed, that that was the only thing. But it it's actually a, a pretty clever, uh, unique game. The the one thing I think would be interesting to add some variance is if you for that round rolled and you drew yours, then you had to pass your board. Mm. Um, to make it some player interaction mm. or like collaborative where you're working <laughs> on, you know, passing it, letting other oh, people's here. vision, and then you end up getting it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only thing I can that think of is it felt a little bit like solitaire. Like, yeah. why do I need to be sure. in a room with people? Um, or roll the dice and everybody takes one for one round. Or yeah. Something. Like, yeah. yeah, just some, something that adds some yep. interaction and, you know, uh, but it was, it's interesting. I don't, I can't think of anything like it. Um, out there the the dice were cool the boxes you know small and, and portable so it's it's a good stocking stuffer type uh type game yeah and i ha- i have not played with like i said there is the expansion in the box where you have these extra dice and the red one has like meteors and earthquakes where you actually they like 
you write them and you can actually like erase part of your board, I think, because they like destroy part destroy of your things and things like that. So interesting. Yeah. So I have not played that yet to see what kind of interact. But that again, I don't know that it has any player interaction in it, but it uh, adds a little an, another level of interest possibly to it. So. Yeah. No, it's it's um it's one of those games. I think if I slayed it, I'd have to later come back and say play it. Like the mind. Did I ever formally retract my sleigh on the mind? I don't think I did. I don't think we did. No. Uh, but then it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So that's three plates. Railroad Inc. I N K from Simon Games, 2018. Uh, red and blue editions are out there. Now we just yep. need a green edition where you mm-hmm. build parks and forests mm-hmm. between your thoroughfares. Mm-hmm. Get on it, Simon. Cool. All right, well, excellent. Player Slate Review, Railroad Inc. So just a, uh, a couple things um, as we head into the close of not only this episode, number 26, but 2018. Um, next episode, when we come back, we'll touch on our, our goals that we made at the beginning of the year and uh, do some of that housekeeping from uh, 2018 as we move mm-hmm. into the new year. Um I know I already said happy holidays to everybody, but thanks again for listening. Thanks for the feedback. Uh, we, we, it's always fun seeing people chat on, on Twitter or on Facebook. I know uh, Josh, uh, Josh Boyle, one of the guys, uh, fans out there, you know, talking about hobbying. Stu, one of the guys in Nashville on, on Twitter, uh, talking about our, our interview with Landmine. It's awesome to see that feedback. So anyone out there listening, thank you. Um, let us know what you're hobbying. Let us know what you're playing. You know, we'll we'll do a better job on Facebook and Twitter, engaging a little <laughs> bit. But uh, it's it's always fun. So thanks to everybody for the reviews, um, for the comments, the feedback, and we will uh, head into the show close. Speaking of feedback, one one thing I did want to mention for our listeners is if there's somebody out there you want to hear us talk to, um, you know, we, we always have fun dialogue with whoever it's, it's like, a you know, somebody in the fourth chair, be it the guys from Anvil 8, Landmine, our interview with Elena, you know, some of the convention, uh, organizers that we, we talk to. There's, there's just a, a number of people out there in the, the hobby and the community. Um, and if you know anyone that you want to hear us sit down and chat with, let us know. Or if you um, are somebody, or if you are someone that wants to chat with us, let us know. Uh, we would we would love to engage more with the community, uh, the people out there, and and talk to some folks. So, uh, you know, tweet, Facebook, emails, anything like that that we go over ad nauseum. Let us know. Um, we're always willing to to schedule and coordinate. Yep. So, and I've been told uh, usually our show close <laughs> is where I uh, I talk too much. So. Today, for 2018, Troy and Josh are going to bring the show home and close it out and close out the year. Cool. So events coming up in 2019. We've burned up all our events in 2018, I think, unless we have like a BOD game day or something. That, But coming up January 10th through the 13th uh, will be Midwest or Midwinter Gaming Convention right here in downtown Milwaukee. That's usually kind of RBG, a little bit of board gaming, not much miniature gaming at all. Um, speaking of miniature gaming, Wapaka that you've heard Ty talk about, January 25th through 27th in wonderful Wapaka, Wisconsin, which is kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Um, 
in middle two, northern yeah, two-day AOS tournament. I think about 80, uh, 80 players yeah. is what they're targeting. So, yep. And they have more stuff, right? They have some other adjacent the, games. That no, this, this year they went back to just an AOS event. It used I thought to be I saw Shakespeare, at least. There will be a Friday like smaller stuff, Grand yeah. Clash before, yeah. but Saturday, yeah. Sunday is just the AOS. Cool. Um, totally sold out, but we'll talk about it anyway, is Holy Wars uh, in February 22nd through 24th. That's uh, Steve Herner. Herner's uh, game down there in Yorkville, Illinois. Uh, totally beautiful stuff. Awesome. Uh, I think Ty's trying to show up down there. Yeah, Bryce and I are going to yeah. be going down to Holy Wars. Uh, we we got in. Um, narrative singles event. Holy Havoc was double. Mm-hmm. So. It'd be cool. It's that's just a nice event to see, even for if you're not going to see the pictures and the stuff that goes there, just gorgeous stuff right there. Then the big one, March twenty seventh through the thirty first, Adepticon twenty nineteen, down in Schaumburg, Illinois. Uh we are like a hundred and twenty ish days probably away. So start painting. Keep painting. Finish painting. Whatever you're gonna do. <laughs> we'll be down there playing all kinds of stuff, running games, hanging around. Uh, looking forward to that one. It's going to be here before we know it. Then uh, the big one, Brew City Brawl 2019, May 17th through 19th, down near the airport in Milwaukee. I think we're sold out. We are. We've got a wait list uh, 12 deep. Uh, we're at 50 registered attendees. Awesome. So, exciting. All three hosts will be there in some form playing Ooh. something. Probably trees, zinch, and whatever Ty decided to play. Yeah, I don't in, know. In uh, April, my my intent uh-huh. is to win one game and win it big, <laughs> and uh, that's going to be against you, Jacob Barry. I'm coming for you. Gloves are <laughs> off, bare knuckled. Age of Sigmar beatdown. Cool. So that's there's more events. That's as far as we're going to look out into 2019 for now. So. Please leave us a review on iTunes. Contact us on Facebook at, <clears throat> excuse me, at Plain Slayin'. Uh Twitter at Plain Slayin Show. Website basementofdeath.com. Uh, emails ty at basementofdeath.com. Josh, Troy at basementofdeath.com. And intern, intern yeah. at basementofdeath.com or info at basement the intern really likes it when he gets mail yeah he loves it, it. yeah intern at basement if you want to know anything yep you know the cool thing about the intern what's that he uh really likes red vines oh red vines is so, the worst and uh <laughs> yeah all right everybody happy holidays keep the dice rolling the drinks on ice and no matter what keep playing and slaying All right, so 
today Saint Nick uh, visited, and there he participated in a drug uh, deal uh, exchange. There was a drop <laughs> point in my garage. Uh, there was some plastic for plastic exchanges no. done. But uh, he left us a few things. One was actually a card from uh, he delivered it. Saint Nick delivered it for uh, Stanley, the intern, mm-hmm. aka Bryce, aka the best intern ever. And it is a card that uh, was accompanied with a bag of red vines, Ugh. which are delicious. I've had a couple. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure why. But the front of the card says, A Brief Guide to Proper Holiday Etiquette. Mary, and it's a picture of uh, this young lady wearing a snowman sweater, holding a red solo cup, wearing a party hat. Very mm-hmm. festive and, and cheerful. And then it says, To Mary. And she now has two party hats over her boobs. Uh, she's spilling her red solo cup, making like a guns and like a oh yeah face, like the Kool Aid guy. So pretty entertaining. Inside there is a Mega Millions ticket, which we have decided if the uh, if the show wins, we will be renting a clubhouse space for the Basement of Death indefinitely, furnishing. Mm-hmm. And probably buying everything Mini Stop has. We'll have every army. We'll get them commission painted. It'll be like yep. the greatest gaming space ever. Mm-hmm. And he says, Hope your Christmas is too merry. Gentlemen, the beer selection will get better, in quotes. But a good friend of mine always said, Corona is for family. Thank you for welcoming me into the family. Happy holidays, Bryce. All winnings go towards hobby with an asterisk. Okay. So he's aware. So Bryce, happy holidays! Thank you. We are uh, we are very excited about winning millions yep. of dollars. In addition, there was a letter to Santa from Bryce. Now we intentionally didn't read this during our letters to Santa because we wanted Bryce to feel left out. But we did a, <laughs> a special recording to include you uh, in this. So he wrote a card to Santa. Four out of five people get money in their Christmas cards. Merry Christmas, number five. (laughs) Dear Santa, my wish list isn't long this year, and I even broke it in the categories. Games Workshop. Back support for armies. Example, a new unit for Fire Slayers, Sylvaneth, or KO, a.k.a. Boat Dwarves. General Hobby, some wood chips. (laughs) That was a sad occurrence when a guy buys the pallet of wood chips and won't let you buy a bag. So I get this at that ask. Other hobby, please convince the DM to let me eat the flower. Not going to happen. I know you're extra busy this time of year, so I didn't want to ask for too much. My final wish is that we raise more money this year at Brew City than last year. No such thing is too early of a plug. Thanks, Santa. The intern at Stanley on Discord, Bryce. So intern at basementofdeath.com is his email. Santa, if you could respond via email, that'd be great. Um, but also, real quick, you know, it is Christmas. It is the holidays, the time of giving. Bruce City Brawl, uh, we are hoping the top. What we did last year for uh, suicide prevention of Greater Milwaukee, uh, an excellent charity. So a little bit of gravity to the situation. But the holidays, remember, local charities, community stuff, that's always important. And Taya let us eat the flower, right? <laughs> <laughs> not a chance 